let's stop the trauma bonding. Let's try to focus on positivity when you go into work. You're listening to Social Room Podcast, inspired by entrepreneurs. What's your story? We'll start with your birthday. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Social Room Podcast. I'm Sage. And I'm Kate. Ready for the new year. Yes. Yeah, we're excited. We have a lot of stuff planned for you guys, so New Year's going to be really exciting. And our birthday's coming up. Yay. What, like two weeks away? January 12th for anyone who cares and wants to send us a birthday present. For anyone who hasn't heard us say it yet, it's on January 12th and we have the same birthday. Also, I love how we are doing this recording right now. And if we post the video, you can see Charlie, my dog's head, is like right up next to my <laughs> microphone. So, and she's a heavy breather. So, I wonder if you'll be able to hear her. Well, that'd be cute. A guest on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Okay. She's the best guest. Well, do you want to start the recommendations this week? Yes. So we actually got to meet up with two podcasters who are in the West Ashley community. I reached out on Facebook and kind of like put it out to, I think, the Charleston 20 to 30 something year olds group. And I said like, hey, we're starting a podcast. And one of them actually reached out to me. And so I wanted to plug their podcast real quick. That is going to be Sammy and Michelle, and their podcast is Build a Wealthy Spirit Podcast. Sage and I just connected immediately with these two girls. They're amazing souls. I mean, I just adored both of them. And they had so much... Yes, they're sisters. And so they had so much wealth and knowledge, and I'm sure you can touch on it, Sage, but they were just so inspirational to us. So if you need some advice on some financial stuff, they also just kind of delve into all the world of um, just having a wealthy spirit, basically. So go check them out. Yeah, they were awesome. I mean, even just getting to spend a couple hours with them today and seeing their spirit, they have so much information and they were willing to share that with us. And that really resonated with me that they were just so generous and helpful, even just in the couple hours we got to spend with them today. So I would say definitely check out their podcast. We love their podcast and hopefully you guys will see them on here one day. Yeah. Do a little collab. Yes. We love that. Do you have another one? Well, the coffee shop we went to, I don't know if I'm going to pronounce this right at all, but High Flotten Coffee Roasters down in West Ashley. I've just been really trying to explore West Ashley recently since I live over here. So I would highly recommend them. They gave out like little... Like all of their glassware was like vintage either teacups or coffee mugs. And they had this white peach matcha, which I'm not a matcha girl, but I had that. And it was so, so good. Yes. It looked really good and it smelled good. And on a cold day, it just warms your soul. So I highly recommend them. Go check them out. Okay, cool. All right. So I have another book recommendation for you guys. It is called The Alchemist by Paolo Coelho. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) That's my best. Sounds about right. I feel it's, this is like the 25th anniversary edition of the book. So it's been out for a long time and it's really popular, but it's such a good book. So it got a lot of life lessons in this one story that's all wrapped into like this super intricate package. So I definitely need to read it again, but I would suggest anybody trying to be an entrepreneur gives it a read or a listen. 
I know they have an audio book. So I really loved reading that. that. I just finished it. Yeah, it took me like two days to read it. It's it's not like it's very complex, but it's only like 200 pages. So you could read it quick, but I'm definitely gonna have to read it again because some of the stuff went like right over my head. I'm like, oh man, I don't feel like I was paying attention enough, but really good book. And I would highly recommend it. My other recommendation is a restaurant. It's called The Junction Kitchen. Have you ever been there? Um, I have not, no. It's in North Charleston, right around Park Circle. And we went there for brunch on Sunday, and it's really good. They have, like, a healthy-ish menu, and it's really, really good. I got, like, biscuits and gravy and some hash bowl, and it was so good. I'm, like, so hungry thinking about it, but... Um, they were really good, and they're in North Charleston, so I kind of wanted to give like a slightly outside of Charleston wreck this week. Yeah, Park Circle has not been disappointing lately. I am very proud and happy that that place is starting to pop up and just yes. have the coolest little restaurants and bars. That way, you know, downtown's just not as congested, so I love that. Keep on keeping on Park Circle. Yeah, it's the place we all wish we invested in. A (laughs) hundred percent. But it's okay. (laughs) I'm still trying to invest. I check Zillow like every day, but we'll see what happens. (laughs) There will be opportunities. Don't worry. All right, guys. Well, before we get into it, I just want to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Fine Rugs of Charleston, where you can see the widest selection of designer rugs and uncommon carpets. At Fine Rugs, expect exceptional service and the highest quality carpet. They offer a full array of soft surface floor covering products and services, including installation, cleaning, and restoration to residential and commercial customers. If you plan to stop by their showroom, you can mention our podcast for 10% off your purchase. Be sure to check them out online at finerugsofcharleston.com or in person at 1523 Meeting Street in Charleston, South Carolina. All right, Kate, should we get into our episode today? Yes. So what's really cool for everybody listening, we are trying something new. So Sage and I usually record in the same room in the studio together. And today we decided to give Riverside a try, which is remote podcasting. So Sage and I are at our own homes right now with our dogs. And I hope that this works out well. And y'all let us know If you like the audio, if you don't like the audio, maybe we'll throw in some video. We'll see. But we're going to keep it going with, I guess, the universal question. So for this week's episode, I want to know what creates a workplace culture that you want to be a part of? All right. This is a good topic. I'm glad we get to talk about this. I think so too. There's so much we can talk about. And I feel like I have like an opinion on both sides of this. Yes. And just a little backstory What made me want to choose this topic is we have a chief anesthetist where I work. He asked us this question and I spent so much time thinking on it, coming up with different examples for it to not really go anywhere. And I think that's what sparked me in this conversation is that's something I struggle with a lot right now with my career is that I don't really have the best culture. And I really think that makes a huge difference with wanting to get up and go to work. It's not necessarily like what you do, but I think it's the culture and the people you surround yourself with. I couldn't agree more. I mean, it definitely goes into like daily motivation and 
I've been on both sides of this. And I think that goes into like your overall health and wanting to choose to be happy. I think we discussed this recently with Kelly Kostecki, who we had on the podcast recently. We sat down with her over dinner and we were just talking about how maybe we recognize it. It's something more of our generation is like choosing to be happy and recognizing when something doesn't align with your overall values or your goals in life. I definitely think that you bring home work a lot more than you think you do. And so having a really great place to go to every single day or however, you know, many days you have to work is really important because that does ultimately affect, you know, how you are at home and how you show up for kids, your husband, your wives, your rest of your family. So definitely think this is important. So I mean, there's also something to be said about working from home too. Mm -hmm. And like how there is no separation. I work whenever I'm available, whenever I'm free, whenever I have time. And that ends up being sometimes like seven o'clock at night when everybody's eating dinner in my house or we're all trying to settle down and I'm still working. So it it can definitely spill over. But I'd love to hear your sub topics, your sub questions about this to get a little more in depth. Okay. So one of the sub questions, if you will, I want to know is a perk of a job more important versus the culture of a job. So with perks, you know, you can have, you know, maybe you get free meals at lunch, or maybe you work in a very happening part of town and maybe you get a really long lunch break or, you know, my husband gets to play golf a lot through work. And so Mm. I want to hear your thoughts on like, what are some good perks with a job that you've had and what is some good culture that you've had and which one's more important? I definitely think that culture is more important. I've had jobs where there are really good perks. I mean, this isn't necessarily a profession that I chose forever, but when you work in food and Bev, obviously you get free food all the time and you get to eat, but it didn't really outweigh any of the culture negatives. In a different job that I had, we got free lunch on Fridays And that was definitely a perk, like not having to pack our lunch on Fridays. The boss paid for us to all sit down and we did like a team lunch and it was really great. And it was definitely something I considered that along with an annual bonus or a pay raise that I knew was coming. Those are things that I weighed when I considered leaving that position. But ultimately, my decision has always come down to I don't feel as healthy or as happy as I could be. And I don't feel like I'm growing in this position. I feel like I've kind of outgrown my potential here. And I feel like I'm just not being fulfilled. Like when I come into this environment and a lot of the culture is people that you work with too. So, you know, I would love to talk on that too. Cause I think that there's a huge thing with the people that you work with. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just on the perks thing, like my husband, he's had perks in the past where like we have the health insurance. So just your standard perks. So we get health insurance. He has a company vehicle, annual bonus, just standard things like that, which are big things to consider as a family unit if he were to leave that position ever or consider leaving. But I don't think that they would ever outweigh the culture and the environment because it impacts your mental health so much. And that pours into your home life, like you said. And then if he's coming home stressed because of a day at the office, or if I'm coming home stressed, that's going to affect our marriage. That's going to affect our relationship and the rest of our night or the rest of our weekend. It sets the mood. And I mean, it's 
it's definitely per person. So it's on a case by case basis. But does that matter to you? Or does that not matter to you? Do you have good decompressing skills? Are you able to check your baggage at the door when you get home? I think it really depends not me. on the person. <laughs> yeah, Same. absolutely not me. Day, I need to come home and vent. I need to literally come home and just get it yeah. off my chest. And then of course, my husband is a fixer. So is there a husband that's not a fixer? Because I've only ever heard of the husbands who respond with solutions. And I'm like, I don't want your solutions. I've already considered the logical response. (laughs) I know what I should do. I'm just trying to vent to you about what I want to do or what is bothering me. So um, I I just think it affects like your life as a whole and in so many different ways. Yeah. Doing some research for this question, I actually saw a quote that just grabbed me. It is a good salary motivates you every year or once a month, but a good work culture motivates you every single day. And I was like, that hits, you know, like when that paycheck comes out, you're like, oh, yes, this is why I do this or, you know, whatnot. But having a good work culture and showing up every day and being fulfilled, I mean, weighs so much more than that salary to me. I mean, maybe other people don't feel the same way, but I completely agree. I I think anybody who resonates with us is going to agree with that. And, And I certainly agree with that, that like, I mean, look at how you look at those two things. So it's like at the end of the week, like, oh, okay, finally, that makes sense. It's all worth it. Okay. Versus like at the end of every day, like, oh man, I had such a good day or like I learned so much. And don't get me wrong, like in most of the positions I've had, there's always a great start, you know, or there's always like you give the benefit of doubt to the job or to that culture. And you're like, oh, well, she's just like that. Or uh, maybe that'll change. Or like, oh, it was a bad day or, or we had a really busy day. So, you know, it's not that big of a deal. Or he was in a really bad mood. And you write things off. And at the beginning, you kind of just have like this euphoric feel like I'm in a new position. I'm learning so many things like this is great. But once you start to get into it, it's like, okay, I'm either not learning anymore, or I'm just not being fulfilled or the environment is super hostile. And yeah. I'm just looking forward to like the reason I'm staying is the paycheck or the the income. And that's to me, not good enough. I would rather be jobless than stuck in a position that just made me miserable every day. I mean, it hurts you like deep down. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. I feel like I've overall answered the question, but I want to keep discussing the little things about it. Like coworkers. Yes. Okay. So that's what I wanted to get into. Have you heard of this thing called trauma bonding where you bond with the people that you share trauma with at work? Yes. Yeah. I've heard of this. And to me, I want to rewrite that norm. I don't want it to be normal to bitch and complain and moan to your coworkers. Like, let's stop the trauma bonding. Let's try to focus on positivity when you go into work. Try to ask about people's lives, their kids, their families, their dogs. If anybody asks me about Chip or Charlie, I'm pulling up like 17 photos. So I feel like we should. Yeah, we should rewrite these norms that like let's stop complaining and let's start I mean don't get me wrong I'm probably I can get very negative sometimes at work but it's true like you just start this trauma bonding with whoever your co-workers are and I I say we rewrite that I agree this like resonates with me because again one of the previous jobs I had that was such a big thing was 
just the negativity out of like everybody. Like nobody had good things to say about where we worked and no one had anything good to say about like their day really. Like it was like pulling teeth to talk about something happy or if you did bring up something happy, there was always a negative comment made. And it's it was so frustrating to me because I'm such a glass half full, optimistic, like look at the bright side kind of person. And always try and find the good in a situation or like, well, yeah, but you know, at least we get to do this. It's so hard. And and like, sometimes when the boss is being really negative, you want to feed into it. And you're like, Oh, I agree. Like, and it's hard not to relate because you're in that same situation. And you both suffer through like this shitty thing that just happened at your job. But I just don't like thrive in that environment. And I want to be in a happy place where people are happy to be there. And we're not all just doing it because of the paycheck. And we're not just there complaining every day. And there's not these consistent problems that never get addressed. Like what the definition of psychotic is doing the same thing and expecting different results. Right? Oh, yeah. I have to remind my husband that all the time when we're like, (laughs) especially working on house projects. I'm like, we've done that five times. It's not working. We've got to, we had to fix it. Right. We need to change our method. This is crazy. Yeah. Literally crazy. (laughs) (laughs) No, I totally agree with everything that you're saying on this. So then I want you to list a couple of cultural examples of being on the side of the boss and what if you were a boss listening to this podcast and what you can give to your employees that are underneath you. I would love to hear an example of that. And then also from the other side of things as an employee, if you were listening, what are some good examples of workplace culture? So one big thing, and this is definitely probably somehow connected to love languages, but I feel that it's really important in a position to get validation as an employee. So if I were a boss, I know that it would be really important for me to convey. It's just like positive reinforcement. When you tell the dog, good job, they remember that more than they remember getting scolded. And that's what they pour into and they focus on. So for me, just as a human being, I think it's so important to tell people when they're doing good and when they're doing something the right way, even if it's not out of the norm, even if they've been doing it every day, just giving them any bit of recognition for me, I feel like that's so important in the culture is like just letting your employees know that they're doing good, they're on the right track, and you appreciate them. They are appreciated because I think a big part of culture is not feeling like you're needed or like you're replaceable. What are you even doing? Like my boss doesn't even care that I'm here. Nobody cares that I'm here. Am I even like being productive? Which reminds me of quiet quitting, but (laughs) As long as you are working and and you deserve it, I think that that is a necessary part of like a healthy work culture is giving that validation and showing appreciation for your employees. So if I, if I were a boss, that'd be like one of the first things I would make sure to always incorporate or like team building or team bonding exercises. Like, Hey guys, we're going to do a happy hour. Feel free to join us, bring your spouse. Like we're going to do this on like every third Thursday of the month or something. I think that is so important to like realize that we're all humans outside that hat and that can benefit back into the work-life balance as a boss. You can be like, oh, I understand, you know, my employee has this going on in her life. And like, you can be a little bit more lenient or you can be a little bit more understanding. And it helps you realize those boundaries between like work and life and to, because sometimes they get blurred a little bit. Sometimes work becomes number one and having those boundaries is really important. 
Yeah, well, when you think about it, like as a boss, that's your company, that's your baby. We interview all these bosses, all these entrepreneurs. So, of course, your number one priority is going to be your job, but it's all the circle of life for your for your company because if you are not pouring into those employees, they're not going to demonstrate what you value as a company as a whole. So if you aren't building up these people, they're not going to build up your company and and it's not going to support. It's not going to be symbiotic. You're just going to have negativity and it's just going to be kind of functioning like a very poorly oiled machine. It's not going to go well. So I could understand like when the boss is only focused on the company because that's their number one priority and you're not really pouring into the employees, but I think it's equally as important to pour pour into the people that are giving you five days out of their week, you know? Yeah. Another thing is like, I've found that even if uh, there is a perk, sometimes those are held over your head. Will we do this? Or like, I I feel that I can't. Perks should just be free. Yeah. 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 And just symbols of appreciation and it should be recognize and address that this is because I appreciate you guys. Not like, no, we're you're like, you're already getting lunch on Friday. Like it's, it's just, this isn't my business. This is your business. So as an employee, I'm just here to help you like fun, like help your business function. So I don't know why I'm getting like reprimanded. This is something that you chose to do, whether you're doing it for your own like self gratification or if it's to show us appreciation Like, I don't need to feel bad because it's coming out of your wallet. Like, I didn't tell you you had to do that. Right. Like I said, let the perks be free. Yeah. Yeah, right. Let it be a perk and not hold it against us. Right. Like, I'd rather not have the perks and I'd rather have the good culture and, like, the happy, symbiotic, like, relationship between work and life and all of that than like you said like have the perks like take them back you know yeah keep your perks I just want to be happy at work it is way more valuable to me to be happy on a day-to-day basis than to get like a couple perks a year nothing nothing outweighs your mental health I don't think so from an employee standpoint what are some good examples of culture that you've seen or witnessed or maybe something you wanted to be a part of I think if this is done right it can be really helpful. And that's just like team bonding of any kind. And I've definitely been a part of like outings or excursions or whatever in the workplace where it's like, hey, we're all going to do this um, as as just like the employees. So we probably won't include spouses. Like we're just going to do this as a work family. And whether that be like a party or or lunches on Fridays or whatever. I really enjoy that. I think it's good to just like set work aside. I really enjoy when like we all get to like know each other. I think that creates a whole healthy environment when you give importance to people's lives and say like, hey, I know that you have a life outside of here. Like let's all hang out. And and I know that sometimes I can be forced or if it's too big of a work space, like it's not very realistic, but I definitely enjoy team bonding and just kind of getting to know those people that you're working with every day. It, it makes it more personable and it makes yeah. you feel like I'm important. Like they want to know about me as well. I did recently get back from Italy and I met this girl in a hot tub. <laughs> we were sitting there chit chat and I was like, so why are you in like Como Italy? And you know, we were there for a wedding and then she went on to explain why she was there and her company pays for her whole company to go to Italy oh or 
take a trip of some sort every single year. Like if you that hit enough. wild. I think she was in sales, so maybe that makes sense. But like I want to work for a company that gives me a free trip to Italy or I think they went to Iceland yeah. one year too. And I just thought that was the craziest thing and the coolest thing. And maybe one day we can, you know, have our employees go to Italy for a week. That is a cool thing. I will say the most recent job I worked at, they did travel. So we had like trade shows that we had to go to around just like around the United States. And I loved that. I thought it was so cool. Like the the boss would take turns like letting people go. And I ended up getting to go to Vegas when I was only three months old in the company. And it was really such a cool experience. I couldn't have like learned more in a short amount of time. But I thought that was a really cool perk. And I loved working there. I thought like they did a really good job of like spreading the wealth on that too. Like letting each person have a turn of going and traveling. Like we would go to High Point. Some people didn't want to go to High Point. Like it wasn't worth it. Like they had children at home. But like trips to Vegas or I know they used to go to Germany or Turkey or all kinds of different places. Yeah. Yeah. So, (laughs) I mean, those are work trips, so it's not like a vacation trip where you get to go in a jacuzzi, but don't get me wrong. Like when I was in Vegas, there were, there were a couple days when we had like free time and, um, we got to go on the strip. Yeah. We got to go out at night. It was, it was amazing. It was such a cool experience Mm -hmm. and the company paid for it. So what's better than on the company's dollar? (laughs) Yeah. No, I love that. I just feel like traveling too with whoever you work with is a unique experience and you really learn so much more about people through travel. Um, So I'm a huge component in that because even if you are going for fun, like you still are bonding in a positive way, not a negative way with like your coworkers or your boss or so I feel like that's a really good. That's Yeah, that's a really good point. I got to go when I went to Vegas, I got to go with my manager and my and the owner. And it was such a personal experience. Like, and it was so fun to just hang out with them and get to know them. You're right. It is it is a bonding experience. And like, going on the plane together and then eating all our meals together. It was like, I just felt like we were like this little family. It was great. Love it. So moving on to get another example of what creates a workplace culture that you want to be involved in. I think one of the main ones for me that I want to get your opinion on is career growth. Mm. I currently am in a position to where, I mean, I did it to myself because I knew this going along, but you know, I go to school, I become an anesthetist and then I go and I be an anesthetist. Like that's it. Like there's no upward growth from there. I get the question all the time. Well, are you going to go back to school to be an anesthesiologist? And I'm like, that would be a lot of my life and a lot of student loan debt. So no. And I think I'm realizing at the age of 30 that that is way more important to me is having a chance of upward growth in a company and like seeing that so that I can grow and like I can forever like be evolving and changing. And that's not something I like noticed in myself when I was, you know, 21 going to grad school. I was like so happy and content with this job. And moving forward now that I'm, you know, seven, eight years in, I'm like, wait, there is no upward growth. So career growth actually has turned out to be a culture aspect that I had no clue that I desperately needed. Do you feel the same way or... 
Okay, so on this topic, I feel completely the same. I think that learning and just being in a state of like constantly growing is super important. So if you feel like you're kind of sitting stagnant, that kind of creates a negative energy. Like it can cause this feeling of being stuck when there's no upward growth potential in a workplace. That's definitely been important. I'm thinking about like my last few job interviews. Like I understand that this is where I'll be starting, but is there going to be room to grow? Is there room for me to grow? Can I advance here? Is there an upward direction for me? Like, is there potential for me to do more here? So that's definitely been things that I've brought up in interviews that are important for me. I never would have thought of this if you didn't bring it up, but it's definitely <laughs> always been something that I brought up or at like my 30 day or 90 day reviews been like, you know, how am I doing? What steps can I take to move forward? Where do you see me in the next year? What is What are your goals for me moving forward? Have I achieved things that you've expected? Have I exceeded your expectations? What can I do to kind of meet those expectations? So that's definitely always a part of the conversation when I start a position is like, is there potential to grow? And I think that does create a lot of maybe resentment if there isn't. I mean, you can definitely speak on the other side more, but just for me, I, I would need to be able to grow. And if I felt like I got to a point where I've learned as much as I could learn in order to go on my path, then I could still like, even if there's potential for me to grow or make more money in that job, I won't stay if I don't feel like I'm personally growing or learning or I feel like I have more capability. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's what's beautiful about being an entrepreneur is that you can always create that upward growth. You know, it doesn't have to be yeah. a steep angle. It doesn't have to be like you're climbing that mountain. It can be like little steady increases to continuously learn, you know. So I think that's definitely what has been drawing me to become an entrepreneur and my own boss so that I can keep creating an upward path for myself. I'm yeah, starting to get stagnant. There's so much opportunity when you start your own thing and your own business and you have all these ideas and there's always possibility versus like being in a career where you can't really move forward. You know for sure that you've hit a wall and your options are to go back to school, which mm -hmm. I mean, at this point, I'm almost 30, like in two years. Um <laughs> It's just like you get to a point where you're like, is it worth my time? I considered actually going – my whole like plan after I graduated college was to go to law school. I moved to Florida for it and everything, and I know I touched on this our last solo episode, but I decided not to do that, and I decided to take a different career path. But recently, a couple of years ago, I considered actually pursuing that. I took the LSATs again and started on that path, and I was like, actually, I just don't want to spend that time at this age going back to school, and not to say that that I wasn't yeah. young enough or you have to be a certain age to do anything to each their own. And I highly support anybody who does anything at any age. It wasn't right for me. And it just wasn't what I wanted for my life. And I saw potential in other places. So it's a really good point know. for anybody who's listening and like considering going back to school to start different things. It's like, you just have to kind of weigh all your options and see what yeah. is the right path for you. Yeah. I really love talking about this topic. I'm really glad you brought it up and what a good question to start it off and get us really thinking about it. For yeah. me, like the workplace culture and environment outweighs any perks or any 
dollar amount really to an extent that you could offer. I think it's super important that you feel fulfilled in your position and you feel like you're always able to grow and and you're happy on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. So great question, Kate. Thank you. I feel like this is a perfect time to put a little bow on it. Send ourselves into the new year. Go have some fun and rest with friends and family and then come back after the new year with plenty of new great guests. Can't wait for you guys to hear what we have in store for the new year. Yes, as always, you can find us at SoRoPod on Instagram. You can send us an email at socialroompodcast at gmail.com. You can check out our website at socialroompodcast.com. Okay. All right, guys, bye. Bye. bye.